Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. It's, it's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff. Birds in the end zone. Touchdown. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. We are back. Kickoff, Boomer and Valenti. It's a special edition. We got holiday haircuts, people. Fresh fades for Turkey Day. Boomer, the hair looks exquisite. Mine is a, a far more Italian haircut. We are ready to rock. It's the quarterback edition of kickoff. Yes, it is. It's week 11, and I got six quarterbacks that are under the magnifying glass coming into this weekend. Number one, two guys facing off against each other, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, both under pressure for different reasons. Zach Wilson, of course, 0-3 versus the Patriots, and the Jets have lost 13 straight to the Patriots. Mac Oof. Jones, I don't think the fans up there in um, in New England are totally all in on Mac Jones. As a matter of fact, they all were Bailey Zappi fans about five weeks ago, but you know, Mac needs to have a good game against a very good defense. Dak Prescott on the road at Minnesota. Two interceptions last week. A bad loss to a team that's going nowhere, the Green Bay Packers. A lot of pressure on Dak to live up to that contract. How about Matt Ryan and the Colts? They face the Eagles. Now, they finally found their running game last week against the Raiders. I do think that they have a very good chance against an Eagle team that is devoid of a run defense right now. Without Jordan Davis. They can't stop nobody. That's exactly right. And then you have Justin Herbert going against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes in his building. They're going to be more Chief fans there than Charger fans. But he's got to outduel the great Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes missing a couple of his wide receivers. That's why I think Kadarius Toney is going to go off this week. And then, of course, Josh Allen, who's really had a subpar last two weeks, a little bit of a lull in this great career that he is building. And now their game was moved from Buffalo to Detroit inside perfect weather. I think he has a huge game against the Browns this week. Agree totally. And a couple of the guys you mentioned, we're going to revisit. I call this the quarterback edition. We did this at the start of the year. All the second-year quarterbacks from this Ballyhooed class, where we were at the start, where we are now, and we go to Boomer for some predictive measure to see where these guys will be game one of next year. All of that a little bit later. Let's hit the rundown. This is the NFL Rundown. All right, Booms, we got to talk about it. Start with Thursday night football. The Titans, this is going to happen again. They're going to be one of the top seeds. They're going to win a playoff game. And I swear no coach does more with less than Vrabel. This is happening. Well, you know, he has a good team now. You talk about offensive and defensive lines. They are about as good a pairing as there is in the NFL. Now, their quarterback... Ryan Tannehill had a great game, uh, you know, against the Packers. There's no question about that. 333 yards, threw a crucial interception late in the game, didn't come back and hurt right. them. But the one thing that you have to remember is that Tennessee won two games with Malik Willis as quarterback, and I think they completed 11 passes combined in yep. those two games. So it tells you about the substance of the team, about the coach, and you're talking about a team that wants to make every game into a street fight. They want to condense the game. They want to hold on to the ball. That's exactly what they did to Green Bay. And Derrick Henry's a monster. So much so, in fact, that I think we saw a glimpse of what is the problem in Green Bay. And his name is Jair Alexander. He's one of the highest-paid defensive backs in the league. He's supposed to be their best defensive back. And I saw him at least three times turn down Derrick Henry. And it's not a good look for somebody that's that high-paid, is supposed to be that good, and it tells me the symptom of losing. All I have to do is watch how he plays. You know who he reminds me of is – 
from he's the defensive version of what Odell was here towards the end. And when things don't go his way, it translates directly on the field. And I I said this to you before we we started the show. Go back and watch the Buffalo game. He did the same stuff. And then if he gets beat, he then he'll compound it, take a god awful penalty, or go space cadet and lose coverage. And it's uh, Boomer. They have a real issue with him. There's an immaturity level here. Well, I would just say it's easy for us to talk about it here in the studio. It's hard for Matt Lafleur to really deal with it directly because you never know what kind of relationships are in the locker room. All I can tell you is that every football player wants everybody to hold up their end of their responsibilities. And to me, when I watch this game against the Green Bay, I mean against the Tennessee Titans, I don't see Jair Alexander holding up his end of the responsibilities. And there has to be a little bit of self-awareness. So I think you have to bring him in privately, you have to show him the tape, and you have to ask him to explain himself. Yeah, how about at the end where he wasn't paying attention and Tannehill beats him deep? That's that's the point. So, But there's one down on the goal line where he has a chance to take on Derrick Henry. Now, you and I do not want to take on no, Derrick Henry. No, he made Henry. a business decision. Yeah, I, that's funny when we say that because that was the old Deion Sanders line. But, you know, it's not funny when you right. watch it on tape and you watch a guy run into the end zone and your team is getting booed in their home stadium and that is part of the symptom of losing. And Matt LaFleur, it's too late to do something about it this year. Right. But they have to do something about it in the future because you can't stand for that. Are you surprised at the, the level of fan reaction in Green Bay? I'm not. I mean, there is expectations, you know, and expectations are heavy. And I've, I've been a player that, have, uh, that has been booed. I've been a player that has been cheered. I went from being the strike, um, I guess the example of the strike uh, in 1987 where the Cincinnati fans wanted to get rid of me. I had just signed a million-two contract, and they couldn't believe that I was a quarterback going out on strike, supporting my teammates. The next year I came back, and I was fortunate enough to win the MVP. So I went from the outhouse to the penthouse in less than a year. So I'm not surprised by the way fans react these days. By the way, 16 straight games for Aaron Rodgers hasn't thrown for 300 yards. You can do what you want with it. All right, but here's the thing. Compare that to Ryan Tannehill. So who were Ryan Tannehill's two wide receivers two years ago? Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. Yeah. Where are they now? Gone. So who was, who was Ryan Tannehill thrown to? Well, what, what was left of Robert Woods and a rookie in, in Traylon Burke. Exactly. So, I mean, he's essentially in the same situation yeah. Aaron Rodgers is, but there's no drama around Ryan Tannehill. Well, and he makes half the money. But there's no drama. Well, right. It's just easy. Yeah. Aaron, how about last night? Where do you go from here? Home. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks, well, Aaron. You know, he's a very interesting guy who's having an interesting season, and I'm glad he found himself in Peru in the offseason. Uh, yeah, more magic mushrooms for all. Um, I, I got to give you credit on something. I know I bust your chops about it, but your faith, your conviction in your bucks. <laughs> My bucks. Hold on now. They are people, they are five and five, and it's not a work of art, but they got it done against the Rams. They go to London. I was impressed with the way they jumped on Seattle. Five and five, your resolve's going to pay off. They're winning the South, aren't they? Yeah, I I do believe they're going to win the South, and they're going to have a home playoff game. And, uh, you know, let's say they get the Giants in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, you think uh, that Tom Brady will carve up the Giants, or do you think the Giants make it miserable for Tom Brady again? And I know the Giants can score, Boomer. They they can't score. I know, that's their problem. That's a big problem. But neither can the Tennessee Titans, for that matter. But they still win. It doesn't really matter uh, as long as you're not turning the ball over. And I would just say that Tom Brady very rarely ever turns the ball over, and he threw an interception for the first time in 399 pass attempts uh, last week against Seattle. Now he'll start a new chapter over, and he's going to lead him right to the playoffs. I want to ask you about one and done. 
And I mean, I know it's early. It might be reactionary, but you you do see this in the NFL now, where guys are get uh, coaches are one and done. You never used to see it. You had to be horrible not to get a third year. But you've got a matchup of potential one and dones here with America's coach Nate Hackett, and then Josh McDaniels. He's back. Boomer, one, both, or neither get fired at the end of the year. I think maybe one. And I don't think it's Josh McDaniels because the Raiders' financial situation. Uh, he's not the richest owner. You know, he's basically the general partner of that team. Um, they're not going to fire a coach and and you know pay him for the next four years. It's just not going to happen. So I think he's going to remain. I can see Nathaniel Hackett. Only the reason the only reason I say that is because the owner didn't hire him. Right. He was hired before the owner got there. And deep pockets. And deep pockets. And they ended up giving you know Russell Wilson all that money. You know, I wanted to put Derek Carr and Russell Wilson on that list that I started the show off with. But the reason I didn't do that is because they both have losing records. And I think it's an assumed understanding that they're both under significant amount of pressure. Russell Wilson's not going anywhere because of the guaranteed money. Derek Carr may not be long for the Raiders because of where the Raiders are going to be drafting. I just wanted to – all right, so let, let's do this with both quarterbacks in for a second because the Russell Wilson stuff was weird to me. You know, checking into the wrong plays and – what what is going on All right, on so that, that's an ex-player who is basically saying that. And I don't know if he's disgruntled or doesn't like Russell or what the whole situation about that is. When asked whether or not Russell was using the wrong checks and doing things that they don't have in their play, playbook <clears> – <throat> In Denver and was confusing the Seattle playbook, one of his active offensive linemen said, that's not true. We know everything that's going on. But then again, I don't expect an active offensive lineman to throw his quarterback under the bus because that's not who offensive linemen are. Now, a disgruntled offensive lineman that left the team for whatever reason, I could see that. So there may be a little bit of that going on, and I think there's probably a little bit of stubbornness from Russell Wilson towards Nathaniel Hackett and the way they're running the offense and some of the mistakes that Russell is making. They are horrible. And I think Nathaniel Hackett is coming to the realization that this guy is going to end up getting me fired, and we just gave him all this money. So that's probably what's happening between coach and player out there. And if they lose this game, if they lose this game to the Raiders in their building, you got to, you know, I, I would think that it's better than 80% ch- chance that. Nathaniel Hackett will get fired. All right, so go to Derek Carr, and we'll do this two ways. I wanted your take on the postgame, and it's not about busting chops, but you saw an emotion from him you don't see from players and quarterbacks very often. As a former quarterback, what was your reaction to that and the effect it may or may not have? So I, I kind of know Derek a little bit. I don't know him all that well, but I just know that you know he's a straight-laced guy. You know, he's uh, he's a guy that you know wears his emotions on his sleeves, and he takes a lot on. You know, he took on an enormous amount of responsibility last year when Rich Bisaccia took over for John Gruden, and he led him all the way to the playoffs, and they almost beat the Bengals in the first round of the playoffs last year. Yep. And, you know, he had an amazing year just under those circumstances. So now in comes Josh McDaniels. They go get his best buddy, Devontae Adams. Now Waller and Renfro are on the IL, and the defense stinks. I mean, the defense is just awful. And I, I just think he's wearing his emotions on his sleeve. I, I wonder if he'll be there next year. And the reason I say that is because they're going to have a high draft pick. They're going to have probably one through four, somewhere in there. And one of these young quarterbacks will be available coming out next year. And I would think that Josh McDaniels is probably going to want to get his hands on one of those players. You want to do a hypothetical fit for Derek Carr in your world? Where's a good landing spot for him? 
Indianapolis. Okay, where done. all old quarterbacks go? Spin the wheel. And who's going to be the coach in Indianapolis next year? Who knows? Right. Um, more true. The Vikings are elite or the Bills are in trouble? I think the Bills are in a lull right now. That's what, And I think it's all because of Josh Allen. Because Josh Allen is somewhat bored. I think this happened to um, Patrick Mahomes a few years ago where all of a sudden you kind of get away from your fundamentals, the intensity of the game, what's important when the game is being played, and you don't play it like you're playing in the backyard of your house. And I think that's what's happened to Josh Allen here the last couple of weeks. And I appreciate what Josh Allen says after games because he is taking ownership of that. I think he misses Brian Dayball because you watch how Brian Dayball handles Daniel Jones with the Giants. Who is handling Josh Allen that way up in Buffalo? Is right. it Ken Darcy, the offensive coordinator? Is it Sean McDermott? You know, Sean McDermott needs to go to his quarterback and say, look, man, we love you. We want you to be the animal that you are on the field. But you can't be turning the ball over because in this league, everybody now knows that the turnover is king. More teams lose the game than actually win the game because of the turnovers. It's, all, it's really the only way to get stops against elite quarterbacks. You're not going to force punts. you got to get a couple turnovers. And a couple of these turnovers that Josh has made the last two weeks are really unexplainable, which means that he's lost a little bit of focus. He's running around, and I'm sure the embarrassment is going to uh, make him want to play better, much better, and should play better this week in Detroit versus Cleveland. Indoors, fast track, I agree with you. i got to believe he's got to have a big game. Uh, Road trip, you know, you mentioned it. Now the one seed goes through Kansas City again. A, do the Chiefs hold on to it? B, if that game is played today, do the Bills win that game? You know, well, the Bills went in there and they conquered the beast earlier this season, and they had a great game, and it was a great game. Um, Man, but Patrick Mahomes is is pretty stout, boy. I'll tell you what, he is going to be tough to beat. Um, they have lost a bunch of games, uh, playoff games at Arrowhead. Think about that. I know the Patriots, the Chiefs, and now the Bill. Yeah, uh, the Patriots and I say the Bengals. I yep. should say, and of course now the Bills possibly. So I think they hold on to the number one seed. At least that's what I see right now as we are halfway through the season. But don't count out the Tennessee Titans again. Remember, and I'm, they were number one last year. I know. And again, I'm not beating up on the Bills, but they currently are not in first place in the East. The Miami Dolphins are. So here's here's let's start with Tua for a minute. He was splendid again. But how much is McDaniels and the insulation they've provided with supporting cast, or how much is Tua might just be special? Well, I, th- I think it's both. You know, when he came out of Alabama, everybody raved about his accuracy. They They were worried about his arm strength and all that other stuff. I think he's answered all those questions. His arm is more than strong enough to win in these games. But I do think he has a synergy with his head coach. His head coach came from Kyle Shanahan. He's got a lot of great ideas. He's got great players around him. Much like, uh, you know, much uh, the the way that the Eagles built around Jalen Hurts is kind of like what Miami has done yep. for Tua Tagovailoa. And I don't see why they won't host a playoff game and win the AFC East if, in fact, it turns out to be that way. But I just don't think their defense is good enough it's not. to go deep into the playoffs. Like if they had to play the Tennessee Titans. That's what I would love to see. I would love to see the Tennessee Titans and the Miami Dolphins play in a playoff game. The Titans making a playoff run is my personal nightmare. They're boring. boring, I can respect them, but I don't have to like them. But their coach has got to look kind of like you. Yes. He cuts his hair and he wears his hair just like you do. Listen, he's a damn good coach. I just, the way they play kills me. 
Um, you see that snarky look he gave to Aaron Rodgers on the field last oh, night? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I got your ass. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, listen, <laughs> and you know what? I think all of America feels that way. And Aaron only has himself to blame. Nobody's asking you to be perfect, but boy, does he invite it. Mm-hmm. You're right. All right. We've got a lot of ground to cover. we got to pick more games. Uh, we are going to check in on the young QBs. Boomer's going to diagnose this thing. And we may have added total to the picks. All of that and more coming up next. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valencia. What up, what up, what up? It's your girl, Joe Cena Anderson, host of The Crew, also known as CBS Senior NFL Insider, joined by my co-host, what? Hollywood actor Morris Chestnut slash Uber Eagles fan and the funny man himself, former NFL cornerback Fred Smooth. We got you covered on all the NFL headlines, plus my scoops and insight, what's trending on social and our lives in just life, period. So make sure you download the Odyssey app to get our pod or wherever you get your pods and make sure you watch, listen, and subscribe. Hey, this is Kenny Main, host of something called Hey Main. That's a podcast. Uh, we're working busily on season two, but let's not forget about season one. Remember Jamel Hill? Is the cookout ever going to happen or is it just metaphorical? It is largely metaphorical. Just know we would feel very comfortable inviting you. Potato salad, by the way, I feel like I should tell your listeners does not have raisins in it. If you missed that episode of Hey Main, check it out on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to kickoff with Buller, Asiasen, and Mike Valenti. Oh, people, I got to tell you, before we get to the picks proper, this man is sizzling. It is it is hibachi hour here. <laughs> A 10-3 and three week. You and I are both above 500. I'm, and again, we pick every game because he's a maniac. 70 and 67 for me, 71 and 66 for him, 10 and 3. Yeah, it was a good week last week. There's no question about it. A couple things broke my way. Now, this week, I feel like already we're off to a weird start because Tennessee goes into Lambeau yep. after they, you know, the, the, the Packers beat the Cowboys the week before. And you're thinking, okay, now Aaron Rodgers is ready to turn it on and they look listless. Uh, against the Titans. So maybe this week is a week where there are a lot of upsets that are going to happen from teams that we would never expect to win games. It's time to outrun the speeding train. Let's go to the picks. Picks of the week. Oh, this this right here. This is the saddest game of the week, so I put it first. This is a battle of two god-awful teams who don't own their own first-round pick, so help is not on the way. Saints minus three against the Rams. I mean, who are the Rams? Um, I really don't know. I mean, no Cooper Cup now. I just, I don't see, if, if I had to say the best unit on the field for this particular game is going to be the Saints defense. Agree. And I think that they will hold the offense of the Rams in check, so I'm going to take the Saints and I'll lay the three points. I'm with you. And that's the key. It's not three and a half. It's three. I get a team at home. I get a team with the best unit. And let's be honest, the Rams do nothing well. They don't run it. They don't pass it. Cooper Cup's gone. Stafford, whatever. And defensively, you spent the money on Bobby Wagner, on Ramsey, on Donald. It don't matter. They're no good. You know what? They tried to run it back, and they couldn't do it because of the offensive line situation. That ultimately is what really killed this team. All right, game number two, and this one's really interesting to me. Eagles, flat seven at Jeff Saturday's Colts. You know, Jeff Saturday's Colts came out flying last week, and one of the reasons he was hired was because he was a former offensive lineman, an all-pro offensive lineman, and he's a dynamic personality. 
So I think that the owner probably felt like he could go into that offensive line room, which is the most expensive offensive line in football. And they've woefully underperformed. Right, and start kicking some ass in there and getting uh, and getting those guys in gear. And what did they do? They gave the ball uh, you know, to their Jonathan Taylor, their super superstar running back, and they also put Matt Ryan back behind center. So I'm going to take the seven points. I'm with you. And I will take the Colts. You know what scared me with the Eagles? Look, since the Jordan Davis injury, the rookie from Georgia, they can't stop anybody. They can't. And again, this is it's not, oh, well, Fletcher Cox stinks. No, it's he's older. He's not meant to play 40, 50 snaps. Jordan Davis comes in the game. He's an auto double team. Without him, they could they can't stop nothing. And here's the other problem. Bradbury, uh, Avante Maddox is hurt. You know, Slay's good. They're underperforming back there now because they can't take the runaway. Taylor Heineke was like eight of nine on third downs passing. I got to take the points here. Do you think that we come back here next week and the Colts actually win the game outright? Would that surprise you? Oh, oh, it would outright. Yes, close. Not at all. This is, could be one of those games where you know the seven point underdog wins the game outright because what they do well is what the yep. other team doesn't do well. So let's go to the Commanders. They go into Philly. They win a huge primetime game. Now. They go on the road as favorites. Uh-oh, you know what to do. I know what to do. I'm going to go with Taylor Heineke and Chase Young. <laughs> Chase Young's going to be on the field for the Washington Commanders, it looks like. And, you know, they have one of the best defensive lines in football, man. There's no way that Ron Rivera is going to let this team down. I just I don't see it. I think that they are riding a hot hand, by the way. And I think that he will stay with Taylor Heineke even when Carson Wentz is healthy. 100%. And why would you? You can't put Wentz back in there. You can't. I don't care. I mean, if the owner comes down from the box and goes, I spent the money, this is what you're doing, that's one thing. But if this is left up to him, you see how they play for Heineke. He's far from perfect, but he's their guy. Then why are you going to pick Houston? I'm not. I was busting your chest. I was trying to bait you. I'm taking a command. What are you, crazy? (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought you were definitely going to take Houston here. No, this is is the one that's going to break my heart. Giants laying three and a half, hosting the Lions. Uh, You know, I'm going to take the Lions here. And the reason I'm going to take the Lions here is because I do believe that they have a very good offensive line. I know it's outdoors. I know it's going to be cold. And I know Jared Goff probably doesn't like those conditions. But, you know, they can run the ball, too. And I do wonder about whether or not the Giants can score more than 24 points. So I think this is like 24-21, 23-20, that type of thing. And I'll take the Lions in the hook. I'm completely in agreement with you. Look, I love the Giants. They can't score. By the way. I was at the game last weekend. Yeah. Kenny Galladay's going to need a police escort. Dad, it is getting untenable. Yeah, they asked him around here, how does it feel to be booed? You know, and he was just very matter of fact, like, I don't really care what the fans say. Look, we're all human beings. We hear it. We know it. I'm sure he feels it. And I'm sure that it's really impacting his play. Hopefully this week he bounces back and he has a good game and he gives the fans something to cheer about. Yeah, I'll take the Lions. I'll take the points, though. The Giants just aren't good enough to separate and win games by law. I don't think they've won a game by more than eight points this year. Don't quote me. Atlanta laying three and a half hosting the Bears. Well, yeah, this is a really interesting game because the Bears game defense is not great. But Justin Fields has been shot out of a cannon in the last four weeks, and he's a completely different player than we saw. Um, you know, Atlanta, I don't know what to make of them. They're up and down. The Artie party is so inconsistent because yeah. of Mar- Marcus Mariota. I think reality's setting in. I do too. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Bears and the points. I think it's going to be a high scoring, close game. Yeah, I, listen, and this it is, should be entertaining. That's the key. It's not like big brand name stuff. This might be the most fun 
game of the week. I, I, I'm with you with the Bears. Uh, and again, the Bears gave that game away to the Lions. Pick six, missed, missed extra point, 17 penalties on the final drive. It was a disaster. All right, Bills, updated line. This is in Detroit because of 17 feet of snow in Buffalo. Bills, minus eight, hosting the Browns. Minus eight. Oof. Well, the way that the Bills have been playing the last couple of weeks, I'm not I'm not jacked about that, but I think there's problems with the Browns. I think the Browns, you know, defense has got some injuries coming into this game. I do think that this is a bounce back spot for uh for Josh Allen. I, I'm gonna lay the eight points. It was seven and a half going into the game in Buffalo. If they were playing in Buffalo, I think this is a no brainer. Yeah. But the fact that it's inside, it's gonna be a weird fan kind of configuration. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Buffalo, I'll lay the points, and I think Josh Allen has a huge game. Here. My only reservation is the Bills have been awful covering these big numbers. Awful. And look, if we really look at this, didn't cover against the Vikings, didn't cover against the Jets. Didn't cover against the Packers. I have to really think the last time they did. But the Browns were my biggest disappointment last week. What a garbage performance. You know, you, you you got the best run game in the league. I don't care Miami's decent at stopping it. You don't even attempt to run it. Then you get into this weird track meet. I, I just, I'm kind of done with them. I, I really had high hopes that they could stay afloat until you-know-who comes back and we'd have a storyline. They are. I'm I'm, I'm out. And you know who comes back is going to be really interesting because he hadn't played football in two and a half years. Right. That's what I wanted, though. I wanted a little drama. Now it's who cares. They stink. Mm. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna take the Bills. I just I, – I can't back that other football team. Yeah. All right. Niners, minus eight and a half at Arizona. Normally I wouldn't take this – you know, we wouldn't bet this game. I wouldn't go I, – I just think that I don't know whether or not Kyler Murray is going to play in this game as we speak right now. And if he does play, he's going to be hampered with that hamstring, which I think is just deadly when it comes to playing the 49ers. Scones, we got a contingency. This is the Boomer contingency play. Uh, No, I'm not going to contingency anything. I'm going to take the 49ers. I'll lay the points. I don't care. I just, I, Cliff Kingsbury. All right, but hold on. Kyler Murray thing. Shanahan is a big favorite. Awful. And didn't cover last week. Be careful. All right, I'll be careful, and I'll take the 49ers. Okay. Um, can I ask one question while we're talking about this game? Sure. Are you concerned about their red zone offense? Uh, I am a little bit, but, you know, their defense is so good that they're going to keep them in every game, and then sooner or later it's going to break open for them. I just There's too much talent on on the 49ers offense to be stuck like in I the know. mid-20s. They're, they're due for a breakout big game, and I think this is going to be their breakout big game. I'll do it. I don't like it. Niners. I, I just, I hate, I hate big spreads. And oh. I hate, I hate when it looks too easy. It is. This is how the sports book stays so nice. Ravens laying 13 Carolina. Who is watching this? Uh, I don't know. But, you know, it is Baker Mayfield who's intimidated by Lamar Jackson's mom now. All oh, of a boy. Yeah. I don't oh, know if it's you heard Baker. That. What a blessing. Yeah. So he basically said that uh, Lamar's mom said you should come down and work out with Lamar down in Miami. Yeah, I saw. It. And uh, Baker said uh, he didn't go, and he probably regret regrets not going. Uh, but I will say that uh, Carolina's been kind of like fighting for Steve Wilkes. They really have been. But it's Baker. I, that's my and it's problem. on the road at the Ravens. I'm going to take the Ravens to blow these guys out, just like the Bengals did a couple weeks ago. You realize you and I are about to take three big favorites. This I, is I know. It's not going to end well for us, but I know I'm that. with you. I'm with you because, look, Carolina is playing way above their head, and, and regression is going to happen. They're just a bad football team. The Ravens, look, they've got bigger goals. They're driven. 
plus Lamar is still playing for the contract. I think it absolutely matters. I'll tell you who I like for the Ravens, too. Fans should keep an eye out for him. Good young player they got in the fourth round from Coastal Carolina. This uh, uh, likely. Who's going to pair Isaiah up? Likely, with, yeah, yeah the, who's the, like this weird hybrid tight end who's not really a tight end. But Andrew's healthy. Likely is the compliment. You've seen him rolled in. More like Kyle Pitts. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. A, like a poor man's version. But it's good for their offense. I'll take the Ravens. Okay. This is the principal play of the week, Scones. Patriots laying three against the Jets. I know you love Bill Belichick, and I know you love him driving Zach Wilson crazy. I've yes. been here in New York all week, and all anybody is talking about is this is one of those games where the Jets have to win. I mean, and they felt like they should have won the previous game between these two teams, and if it weren't for a rougher the pass, roughing the passer penalty against Franklin Myers, I think the Jets would have blown the Patriots out. But just one play changed that whole game, and then Zach Wilson went into interception mode. I saw a much better Zach Wilson against the Buffalo Bills. He was very responsible, quality game manager. And all the things that he has been saying throughout the week this week, I kind of like it. I kind of feel like he's getting some of the confidence back. They're going to put Elijah Moore in the slot. I like that move. Um, I'm going to take the Jets here with the three-and-a-half points. It's going to be a close game either way, and it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, it's three-flat. Hold on. Oh, three Did flat. you just buy a hook? I'm buying a hook. Wait, 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 what are we doing here? Then I'll buy it to two-and-a-half. What, what kind of operation are we running here? All I know here? is that on WFAN, I picked the Jets in three-and-a-half. That's what. That's the number that I got, and Listen, you have a different number. You need a quality control deal because I just take the three-and-a-half in the Jets. Wait a minute. Oh, here, I, here uh, uh, I got magic dust. I got two-and-a-half. Fine. I'm taking the Patriots. It's it's a principal thing. I just I can't. And I'm I'm rooting for the Jets because I hate the Pets. But I'm ta- I'm taking them. It's Belichick versus Wilson a second time around for Bill to grind all that tape. All Come right. on. I tell Brian, what are we doing here? I got three and a half. I got the Jets. I'll buy the hook if that's what it I'll is. That's what it's gonna be. I'll lay it three and a half. You got it three and a half. You both have it at three and a half. It's an international incident. Um Bengals laying three and a half. At the steel, you, Boomer, if I have taught you anything, you know what to do here. Come on. I'm taking the Bengals. Come on. I have to take the Bengals. You see the helmet in front of me right here? I do. It's beautiful. What helmet is it? It's the white Thursday night edition Bengals. And that's the helmet that they're wearing. And it's Steeler Week. And I got to deal with Coach Cower in the NFL today on Sunday. You know, I'm going to go in there with the intensity that Steeler Week deserves when you are a former Bengal and when you are a present Bengal. And the Bengals need to save their season, man. And they got beat that week one. They should have never lost to the uh, to the Steelers in week one. So this is payback revenge spot. They wouldn't buy about four or more. Tomlin, home divisional dog. It's science. Can't lose. Steelers. That's it. All right. In a game that should not be televised. I wish the NFL would have the blackout rules in effect. Broncos laying three to the Raiders. I told you earlier on in this show how important this game is for Russell Wilson and Derek Carr. More so for Derek Carr, I think, for his long-term future in uh, in uh, Las Vegas. But I do think that that Raider defense stinks. <laughs> and can you imagine the Bronco fans watching Russell Wilson struggle against this defense? I can't. I can't see it this week. I think Russell Wilson has. A, a, his best game of the year. I think they beat the Raiders, and I'll lay the three points. I abstain. Okay. Uh, no, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Raiders. I, I, the Broncos' offense is such a clown car. I, I I can't just give me the Raiders. Maybe I'll be crying with Derek Carr after the game. All right, Chiefs laying five and a half. I'd say at the Chargers, but they don't have any fans. That's true. 
Um, I'm going to take the Chargers at home as a home dog. Um, I don't know necessarily that they'll win this game, but much like the Jets and the Patriots, you know, it's it's the Chargers and the Chiefs. And, you know, the Chargers have got to win this game. I mean, if they want to save their season, they want to make it to the playoffs, they want to go against the big boys, they have to win this game. Now, they may not win it, but I think they're going to keep it close. I could see this as a 34-31 game, that type of game, 34-30. So I will take the uh, Chargers and the points. Home divisional dog, science. It's like the Pythagorean theorem, but different. I thought it was science with Tom on. He's not in this game. Don't worry about it. Home divisional dog. Don't question it. Five and a half is the devil's number. Um, our best of the best pick coming up next. Might be my play of the year. He he busts my chops. He wants bigger plays, big play guarantees. I got one for you. We'll do it next. And he's telling us how these young QBs are panning out. All that and more. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Now, back to kickoff with Boomer, Asiasen, and Mike Valenti. Uh, we are back as promised. Uh, we're about to go to our, our game of the week. And I, I'm going uh, to put my neck out there with this one. Let's get to the best of the best. This week's best of the 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 best. And it actually should be a damn good football game. Ready for this? The Cowboys, one and a half point favorites on the road against America's Vikings. America's Vikings, you know, hook, line, and sinker as far as I'm concerned, Mike. And I know you're going to tell me that Vegas is talking to me. I don't even know what that means half the time when you guys talk like this. But all I can tell you is that from a former player perspective, we all hated the Cowboys. And when the Cowboys came to town, it was something special. Now, when I played the Cowboys early on, uh, you know, it wasn't Jimmy Johnson. And it was it was, uh, it was uh, Coach Landry and I think Craig Morton or maybe a couple of those guys. I'm not, I forget who, Danny White. I'm not sure who the, co- uh, the quarterback was. But then, all of a sudden, I played them as a Jet in the 90s. And it was Troy Aikman. And it yeah. was Jimmy Johnson. And it was Emmitt Smith. And you just, they just brought the best out in you. And I know that the Vikings are sitting there after last week's miraculous victory, knowing that the Cowboys, if this were, I don't know, the Commanders coming in or the Titans coming in or the Dolphins oh, you'd coming play in. play a letdown spot. Yeah, but I'm not playing a letdown spot because it's the Cowboys. All right, ask so yourself. I'm taking a Oh, I just, I, I want to give you, I want to try to help you. Ask yourself, with everything you just said, why are the Cowboys favored? I have no idea. Aha. Uh-huh. So if we can't figure it out, we walk into the sun in that direction. I think it's because they're more popular. So they're going to be more people gambling <sighs> on the Cowboys. Cowboys. This is just like last week. I was like the only human being on the Green Bay Packers. Yes. You just over the long haul in these types of spots. You you just you got to do it. Didn't I take the pack? Didn't I take the Packers with you last week? I can't confirm or deny. I, I will take the Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, so I you're not you weren't the only guy. I mean, I had the Packers and the points last week. Let me ask week. you a question. Though. I didn't expect them to win, but I expect them to keep it close. Do you think at all the Vikings have been whistling by the graveyard a little bit? I mean, they're kind of they're good. I'm not denigrating. They give up a lot of yards. And here's the key: they live on the turnover. Dallas here that that was a wacky loss. I just feel like Dallas can keep them off the field. The defense should have a little bit of pride. I mean, Dallas's defense, my God, you give up 17 points the last three times Green Bay has the ball. I think there's just a bounce back here. And by the way, Kirk Cousins, pressure. Remember, Vikings could be without three starters on the O-line this week. Which is trouble. Be very careful. Yeah, I will. But here's the thing. Be very careful. The one thing I will say, Micah Parsons, after their game last week, did say, you know, we, we need better gap control. 
we need to be more uh, true to ourselves as a defense. And, you know, I would expect that this has been a long week for the Cowboys and that they've had to listen to all the criticism. And I could see why they're favored. Don't get me wrong. They're a good football team. And I think they're a very good defense. And I do agree with you that the Vikings have gotten by, if you will. But there's something special I feel like is happening with the Vikings because you don't win games like last week the way that they did. I mean, So we already had, we already have it in the books, our December dinner bet. Yes. Do you want this to be a January dinner bet? No, no, we'll keep the December dinner bet going. I'm offering. And you're so confident. No, no, that's okay. I just I just feel like from the player perspective, and it's the Cowboys. Okay. I know that the Vikings right now are probably sitting at home going, I cannot believe that we are underdogs in our own building where we do not lose and we have a home a real home field advantage. Let's do it. Cowboys minus one and a half for me. Vikings <laughs> for you. Let's ride into the sun. I want to do the quarterback check-in, and there's a reason. We start the year thinking one thing. We're past the midway point, and this is about this ultra-hyped-up quarterback class okay. of two years ago. So I'm going to start. We'll just we'll pick a guy. I want to talk about where they're at right now and where you're going to believe they are next year. Okay. Okay, so Trevor Lawrence. We started the year saying franchise. We're over the halfway marker. Your report on him now and where you think he'll be week one. All right, so out of all the quarterbacks on the list, Fields, Lance, Mack, and Wilson, uh, Mac Jones, that is, uh, I, Trevor Lawrence is still the highest rated of the quarterbacks on the quarterback ranking charts. So he's got more touchdowns and interceptions. Uh, he's still learning the game. I still think there are moments in games where uh, he looks like he is the true number one can't-miss kid. Uh, I think that they are still – kind of growing together, him and Peterson. So I, I'm not going to be over negative about him, but I still think that he is the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars next year moving forward, and I think he's on a nice trajectory to be a, a, a star quarterback. Okay, so here's the question. Would you – year three seems to be where guys really break out. Look at Tua. Right. Well, hell, Josh Allen. Yeah. Um do you think next year's that year for him? Yeah, it? it's got to be. I mean, because you got to have the answer after the third year. And the reason you need the answer after the third year, you got to know whether or not you think this guy is your future and you're going to invest the fifth year in him. And you got to make that decision. Like the Giants made that decision for Daniel Jones that yeah. we're not picking up your fifth year option. So go and play for it. I don't think he's going to be in that situation. I think at worst, they'll pick up his fifth year option. At best, they'll give him a contract extension. And they. Look, they're going to continue. After next year. They'll continue putting talent around him, too, because for better or for worse, Shad Khan is never hesitant about spending money. They'll be aggressive. They'll do the things they have to do. Now, they don't only really spend it the right way, but they'll try. He's- so he'll be next year's Jalen Hurts. Like okay. They tried this year. You know, when they got in Christian Kirk and they went out and got some offensive linemen yeah. and drafted an offensive lineman. So, you know, they're building around him just like they should be, and hopefully they'll use the model that Buffalo and Philadelphia and Miami has put out there. I love ATN, by the way. It's great yes. to see him back healthy. He's dynamic. All right, Justin Fields. This might be the most difficult one. Yeah, he's a freak athlete. You know, I knew he was a good athlete. He ran in college. People don't realize how much he did run in college. A lot. Uh, but I don't remember him being this fast. And he looks like a completely different player than he did five weeks ago. And I do give Luke Getze a lot of credit for that. That's their offense coordinator for the Bears. He looked at some tape, figured out some things that Justin does well, and is trying to play to those things. And the more he plays the way he's playing, the more comfortable he's going to get on the field and the better quarterback overall he'll be and the more in charge he'll be. So what I see is a refinement needed in his game. 
But there's no question about the explosive nature of the athlete. And that's Josh Allen. That's Lamar Jackson when they were young. That's what he looks like to me. All right. So we started the year saying QB blender. Yes. Now solidified starter, mm-hmm. massive upside. I'm, I'm going to say something. You have every right to laugh. I think the development you saw from Josh Allen in year two, the last thing that happened was the accuracy the understanding of the NFL passing structure. The Bears need to do better in getting him help, getting him an O-line. Is it crazy to think we're seeing that type of development from him? I uh, I think that that's the trajectory that he's on. There's okay. no question about it. And I do, you know, their GM, Ryan Pulse, is doing a hell of a job. I mean, he made some controversial trades uh, of, of defensive players. And I, I just think whether it be Roquan Smith or – or Quinn, Robert Quinn, you know, that that broke the locker room maybe defensively and they're giving up a lot of points, but I still think this is about the future of that young quarterback and they recognize an opportunity to get draft picks in there and they will definitely build around him. All right, this one's difficult because the kid's hurt, but we still have to talk about it. Trey Lance, you said by midseason, benched. You yep. never even got that far. Any intel on what his future holds? None, none whatsoever. I mean, it's totally incomplete. It's... I don't understand what they thought they were getting to start the season with a Super Bowl-laden roster. That's what they have now. And they had Jimmy Garoppolo on the trade you know, docket and everything else, and they were trying to get rid of him, and then they redid his contract. You know, If Jimmy Garoppolo takes his team to the Super Bowl, which I think is very, very um, possible, I don't know what they're going to do with Trey Lance because I would think that you'd want Jimmy G back. But, you know, so they, let me ask you. What can Trey Lance get in a trade? Nothing. Not a fourth-round pick? Nah, maybe, but I think they'd, they'd much rather try to see if they can develop him. Because, again, he's like Justin Fields. Like, you know, you see this great athlete, and you got this great arm. You just got to fight through some of the growing pains that they're dealing with and see whether or not you can figure out the offense that fits his skill set the best. And that's one thing, like, Luke Getze has done in Chicago. So if they re-sign Garoppolo... I'm just thinking mentally, all right, it'd be year three for Lance, totally unproven. He's on the rookie structure. Think Jordan Love. Okay, so you're you're just – do you think they would get any overtures? I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I really don't. And I, I don't necessarily know that Jimmy G is going to be there next year. I, there's something between he and Shanahan that doesn't – So they could like be to totally me. out. They could be, and the, or they could be Derek Carr, or they could be somebody else going. Oh, Who knows? Now, now you're cooking. Yeah, all you right. never know. All right, let, uh, now let's let's go Mac Jones. All right, well, I would say the injury hurt him this year. Um, I thought, you know, he was ready to take the next step, and I see some struggle in the passing games. I I would say he's a solid player. I wouldn't say that he's on the, the growth chart to be a awesome, great player like Tom Brady was. Uh, he's filling some pretty big shoes. There's a lot of pressure on him. You know, I, I kind of think that he's going to be the quarterback of the Patriots next year, too. Okay. Okay. And he's just got to he's got to win these games now. And he's 3-0 versus the Jets. So there's no reason to think that you're not confident that he's going to be a player. And by the way, I mean, he's got a good offensive line, and they got a good running game, and they have an average group of receivers and tight ends. Yeah. Well, that's been the Patriots seemingly forever outside of the, you know, having Rob Gronkowski. It's kind of like the Titans, and it's kind of like the Green Bay Packers. Same yeah, thing. Yeah, very. All right. This is the one that, look. This was controversial. We started the year with Zach Wilson. You said, question mark. I said, infinitely replaceable. Where are we at? I know they're winning, 
But it ain't because of him. Well, he's answering some questions. There are some throws he makes, Mike, that you know are undeniable, oh, yeah. that are NFL quarterback-worthy throws. And I see the explosiveness and the quick release, and I see the athleticism. He's not a runner like Justin Fields is. He's not even remotely close to any of those guys. I mean, he's a good athlete, and he shouldn't run. He should stay in the pocket and deliver it like Drew Brees did. He's got a really good arm, and he's really accurate when he knows where he's going with the ball. As long as he's careful, this defense is good enough to support him, and he's got a great supporting cast. The offensive line's a little shaky because of injuries, but I'm starting to believe in him. I'm okay. starting to believe that he can make it, and he will definitely be the starting quarterback for the Jets next year as well. So you've gotten to watch him more. You've gotten more tape on him. What does he comp out as? If you had to compare <laughs> him to someone. All right, I will say this. He's a combination of Fran Tarkenton and Brett Favre. Uh, but i got to get the Fran Tarkenton out of him. Because running backwards doesn't work no. in this day and age. No. Fran Tarkenton used to be faster and quicker than the guys that were chasing. Right. You're not playing Wyoming on a Friday night. No, Zach. you're not. You got you got to stand in there and you got to learn it. Uh, I'm telling you, he's got a, he's got a release kind of like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I, I just he throws the ball beautifully, and this touchdown pass he throws to Tyler Conklin against the New England Patriots in their previous game was beautiful. It was perfect, and you're like, wow, that's the kid. So now I just got to refine him, and I got to make sure that he is focused in on every single play and he realizes the situation in the game. So if this game is tight on Sunday and you're in the fourth quarter and it's 17 to 13, you know, you don't need to be throwing the ball up. And I I know the one ball that he threw as an interception, the second one against the Patriots, he was trying to throw it away. He just didn't throw it far enough away. Right. That you can chalk that to a a mistake. Right. It's, It's a blunder. It's not like he misread a coverage. He just didn't. Do what he was supposed to do <laughs> yeah. and didn't do enough of it. So what is he next year? Is he a Pro Bowl-level guy? Do you think he I will do. always I, be a high-wire act? No, I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl-level guy. I do. And the reason I say that is because Joe Douglas is putting players around him. So much like I see Tua in Miami and how his game has evolved because of the players around him, I think Zach Wilson can have that happen for him here at the Jets. All right, let's get a quick final word. What you say after this don't matter. This is the final word. I'm going to go back to what I said in the beginning of the game, uh, beginning of the show. Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, this game right here means everything for Zach Wilson and the Jet fan. They have to come home winners. They cannot go 0-14 against uh, the Patriots. And then, of course, Dak Prescott on the road at the Vikings. I heard what you said. It makes a lot of sense to me. He needs to have a bounce-back game. And then, of course, Josh Allen. I expect him to have a huge game in Detroit versus the Cleveland Browns. That is kickoff with Boomer and Verlenny, holiday edition next week. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you then. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.